Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Ray's World. Thanks for joining us for our fourth edition of our inaugural 2021 NHL season. Tonight's Game of the Week features the second Battle of Alberta in 2021, with the Oilers headed south to visit the Flames. Before we get into the game, I wanted to touch base on some of our picks and players to watch from last week. So since last episode, from February 12th to 18th, we had Christian Dvorak at 54% owned. He had four games played and zero points. So he continued his high time on ice, but uh, couldn't get the job done as far as fantasy production goes. Um, then we have the Vegas trio of Chandler Stevenson at 17%, Cody Glass at 6%, and Nick Haig at 2%. Stevenson's really the only one that performed here with a goal and assist in three games, whereas Glass had just an assist and Haig was held off the score sheet. Glass and Haig were two that I mentioned uh, mainly for dynasty plays, I guess. So it's just worth keeping an eye on. Then we had Andrew Kopp for the Winnipeg Jets at 47% owned. He had zero points in three games played. Um, and, and I see now that he's actually off of that uh, Shifley line with Ehlers. So it looks like they're switching some things up. But I think he remains in the top six. Jack Roslovich at 45% owned he had three games played and he had one assist and then the the crown jewel here uh evgeny dodonov four games played three goals zero assists for three points so that uh didn't do very well here this week but that total there is uh 23 games played four goals three assists for seven points across seven different players um three of the seven players went pointless over their week-long stretch dodonov carried the group with three goals and Stevenson continues to see time with that top line in Vegas, so I'd keep an eye on him too. As far as last week's picks, I'll go through them here. My lock of the week, which was on Monday, uh, was the big comeback game for Ottawa. So actually didn't get that one. Ottawa came back and won 6-5 in overtime against the Leafs. Uh, Friday, we had Boston over the Rangers. Boston won one nothing. Saturday, we had Vegas over San Jose, and Vegas won 3-1. Our Monday game, Dallas over Nashville, ended up getting postponed. Last week's parlays, we, have, uh, we had just one from last week. I ended up only going one for three in the Saturday parlay after a surprising Ottawa win against Winnipeg. Um, so we had Winnipeg over Ottawa. Ottawa won that game. Tampa over Florida, Tampa won 6-1 that game, so that was the only check mark. And then uh, Vancouver-Calgary, and uh, Vancouver won that one 3-1, I believe. And uh, Flames Flames not looking the greatest lately, and uh, Ottawa continues to, uh, I guess, take it to me in the betting portion of the show. Well, let's uh, move on to the third period here, as uh, the third's underway now here between flames and oilers and uh just what's got us to this point here um i I think the flames have kind of had an ugly week it seems like just in i think fans are kind of growing impatient with their coaching staff and looking to get back on track i guess this was some of the things that have been brought up lately and uh the oilers they had a good bounce back effort against the jets and they're hoping for more of the same from uh mike smith who's been pretty solid coming back from injury and adam um just what do you got to say about the game so far um, yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty close game. It seems like Flames have the Flames have been in those close games um, quite a bit, and in that Vancouver series too. But um, we'll see what happens. Anderson had a nice goal there to in the last two minutes there of the second period um, from a nice with a nice feed from Gaudreau. So 
um, two to one here, and hopefully the Flames can uh, tie it up, and maybe we'll see some overtime. Yeah, that that play was nuts, actually. Um, Goudreau, just that little stick lift, just cheeky little play um, to get Barry there. And uh, I thought Barry played that kind of soft, to be honest, but that's kind of a bit expected, I guess. He's more of an offensive defenseman. It's been pretty, like, it's not only an even game, but also both teams are being fairly patient. I mean, they're, no one's really trying to go out there and make any mistakes, obviously. And Yeah, you could say conservative in that sense. Um, and the power play is, I think the penalty kills have both done a pretty good job. And yeah. the, Flames, the Flames have been able to kind of slow down McDavid coming through the middle. So, um, yeah, it's a tight checking game here. Oh, I was going to say, the other thing that I, we've noted here is just the how much, uh, like, especially on the Flames side, they're just switching up the lines. I mean, I know it started there with uh, we had Kachuk, Backlund, Manjipani, Gaudreau, Lindholm, Dubé, Lucic, Bennett, Richie, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Um, just a, a lot of sandpaper on that line. And then Nordstrom, Fraze, and uh, Levo. And then now I see Levo's up with Johnny. And I saw Dubé got, he bumped down and he was just Lucic and I don't know, it looked like maybe Backlund at one point. But Ward, I noticed started noticing that last year, and he switches up lines quite frequently, like, within games. Um, and sometimes he doesn't even keep pairs together. Like, there'll be three totally new guys. Um, yeah. And then even from game to game. So, I don't know. As a fan and as a player, if as a player, it can be frustrating. And as a fan, you'd like to see them maybe, you know, let the line stick around for a bit longer. But it's tough when you're not doing well. Yeah, that's the tough thing. And then when things are going well, you don't want to switch things up, it seems. so. Definitely. It's, it's uh, I mean, it's a fine line for sure. I, I think uh, it seems like that's been a sticking issue for lots of fans in Calgary lately. But uh, one thing that's been been talking about with Edmonton, um, how their lines have kind of panned out and they're kind of getting that depth scoring now. And we saw Puliarvi with the first goal, and then uh, Gaten Haas with the with the second goal uh, with from the fourth line with Chase on and Neil actually of all yeah. people. Yeah, uh, going to the net, kind of a greasy goal, but that yeah, that that's depth what they scoring have to do. that you see that depth scoring again tonight from Edmonton, and oh, I think we commented the the other night. I think it was against Ottawa they played. And uh, we're getting that depth scoring. So I think for a team like Edmonton, that's exactly what you want to see. No, definitely. And, um, wow, it looks like Dreisaitl, oh, I can't tell if Riddick got a piece of that or not, but diving across just robbed uh, Dreisaitl, Riddick did. Oh, boy. Pretty, yeah. pretty nice save. And Riddick's had a good game tonight, too. He's He has. He's kept them in it. And I've been kind of surprised because he, like, this is only his third game, his third start anyways, um, and he didn't play much. I know, like, Stajan in the media has been touching on it quite a bit, just that how he hasn't played a ton since, like, even last year since COVID kind of first hit. No, um, he hasn't played a lot. No, so it's just kind of him getting back on track in his game. He was an all-star just a few years ago. I mean, That's true. Big save Dave that year. Um, yeah. And I think he's had good games against Edmonton. Maybe that's another reason they put him in, but you can't, I don't know if you can expect him to get a lot of starts with Markstrom now, especially how well Markstrom's been. Like, you know, we kind of got what you paid for. I was just going to say um, a guy on the Oiler side that uh, we were talking about their depth scoring, but um, PRV has been fitting in well with that McDavid line. And 
um, even getting some power play time on that first unit in front of the net. But it look, I've noticed he's really using his speed um, to, f to find that open ice and he gets fed by McDavid and he'll attack the zone, the speed and taking pucks to the net. Um, yeah. He's so kind of good to see. He's learned to, uh, like since his first stint anyways, he's definitely learned how to use his body more. Um, yeah. I think uh, I can't like be certain, but he was always a high profile prospect. And I feel like, when he was like a lot younger, facing a lot younger, he was always considered a safe prospect because he was so big and strong. Yeah. But I don't think he ever had to use his size like he has had to in the NHL. And I think that's something that he's kind of had to learn along the way. And it seems like it's helped his game. I don't know. It seems like being more, he's more into the game anyways. That's a good point. And if he can learn to use his size and battle in front of the net like that, I think he could be a perfect complement to that Nuge McDavid line. Oh, he definitely. has that skill to finish, but that size that they need to make space on that line. So, And then some of the stuff we wanted to bring up this week, uh, a big one was the St. Louis, Arizona, seven games in a row, which had never been done before. Um, it's because of those two postponed series against Minnesota and Colorado, they end up playing seven straight games and uh i mean i i was kind of tuning in like it, it was over quite the stretch because there was those postponed series but i was kind of tuning in here and there uh arizona ends up going four and three and there's two overtime games three one goal games and then a three one and a four one game i see you have here just tight games all around and i think i really underestimated arizona like, tip it and now talk it they just have these guys that they can get this like workmanlike attitude. It seems like to play amongst their team. It's it's very interesting to see. Do you have anything to comment on about Arizona? Yeah, kind of just building building off what you said was that they they play with speed, but they're also a team that's hardworking and really tenacious and gritty in the ozone. Um, but they take pride on defense, and maybe that's kind of the culture they're dating back to the Tippett days too. Um, but then some defensemen that can shut it down, like Jalmerson and Goligoski. So. I think I actually, yeah. I want. I saw your note on them. I want to add Chikrin. I really like him too. He's kind of a good two-way, and no nice. one really talks about a ton. But uh, I actually have him in my fantasy team this year, and he's putting up points too. So it's been nice. Yeah, they got, and then you add in Ekman Larson. Is he injured right now? But just that's a pretty good decor. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I really like that Connor Garland. Um, he he's really skilled, really talented. He had really good numbers in junior, but he's just like got like a, a chip to his game he's got like a brendan gallagher edge to it almost it's it's he's a fun player to watch yeah he's a smaller guy hey but kind of yeah. grit, gritty skilled um kind of fits that arizona theme he's gritty i like his style for sure um and then moving on another a former coyote actually um alex galchenyuk uh traded again so i just want to touch base on this 2012 draft a bit so it's crazy to me that he's still second in that draft points. Um, he's only behind Philip Forsberg, who has 362 points in 473 games. So Galchenyuk's actually played almost 80. He's played 85 more games, but he has 321 points. So he's, he's second in that draft class, which kind of blew me away. Um, I don't know about all time, obviously, but since the lockout, this is a pretty poor considered a poor draft i would say especially at the top i did some digging around and i saw that i started seeing the points from top draft picks in the past um i went through 2010 to 2014 so two years before and after this uh yakupov murray galchenyuk year of 2012 and i looked for 
um, drafts that actually had forwards, two forwards and a D-man. So 2010, you had Hall, Sagan, Goodbranson. They had 54 points per 82 games average in a career. And 2014, you had Ekblad, Reinhardt, and Dreisaitl, who have 58 points per 82 games in a career. The Yakupov draft in 2012 only averaged 49 points amongst those top three. And Galchenik's the only one really rolled. Like, Murray's still in the league, I, I know, with New Jersey, but he's kind of been derailed a bit over the, over the past few years by injuries. And um, I don't know, it just blew me away that Yakupov even had 350 games. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he didn't seem like he stuck around in the league for that long. Oh, but then it's it's also nice because you you follow that by there's three D who have had success. There's Morgan Riley, um, Hampus Lindholm, and Matt Dumba. And then other notables from round one, we had Tom Wilson, Tavo Teravine, and Vasilevsky. Um, there's some like Essa Lindell in round three, Pareko in round three, Josh Anderson and Jacob Slavin in round four, and Connor Hellebuck in round five. Like there has been some decent players from that draft, but some Just depth. Yeah. Some depth more than the top, I, I feel like. That 2010 year, Hall, Sega, and Gibranson, 54 points on average in 82 games. Um, I feel like that's a, like Hall, Sega, and two pretty good players. I think Gibranson brings that average down a bit. but Yeah, yeah. Uh, better than it's appearing, probably. No, for sure. But I just found that an interesting match because it was two forwards and one D-man compared to something like, I think... Uh, like 2011 was Nuge, Landeskog, and Huberdo, and uh, 2013 was McKinnon, Barkov, Druan, and they yeah. were both well above 60, right? So it's just yeah, 60 it's... points per 82. So I tried finding something similar in the in the recent past, but nice, yeah. You're, I see what you did there. The, do the two yeah. forwards and the D man, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that uh, I mean Yakupov, he's already here and gone, and then. Galchenyuk now he's on his seventh team in the league now um I think I have here where did I write this he was in Montreal six straight years and then now he's on his seventh team in four years so he's been he's been in the league wow a long time yeah well that's that's including the last year in Montreal yeah yeah since his draft I guess so 2012 yeah Wild, yeah. So he must. He's kind of one of those players that he's not going to be your go-to guy, really. But he can provide some scoring. So when it comes time to kind of move a guy, he seems to be expendable. That's know. the thing, and especially in these last few deals, um, his contract's been low. So it's it's kind of like you're not real. Like, why not take that risk? I don't know. Yeah, totally. If you're the other team, like the Leafs right now, why not take that risk? They're already kind of, they have like too many guys for not enough spots. And they're just kind of adding to that pool of players that can maybe play in their bottom six, right? And yeah, I think, it's not, a, depth. I think it's not a bad play, to be honest. Low risk, it seems. So yeah. he's, al- he's always been like, he's pretty, he's got the talent, obviously. I mean, third overall pick, but yeah. Yeah, and I think that going back to his Montreal days, I remember we would talk about it and his development, and it was they could never decide if they're going to play him as a wing or play him as a center. And I think it kind of put him in a tough spot a lot of nights because he never could get used to a position. So I think it did, and then now you see, uh, like, he's just kind of more just like that depth scoring almost now. It's like yeah. he's not going to get that opportunity again, and they kind of bumbled it, I would say, for sure. But Totally. Um, 
moving on to other things, we had Ottawa Ottawa comeback that six five game ruining my uh, lock of the week. I just wanted to touch on that and uh, how, how Ottawa was down five one to the Leafs late in the second. Um, nine seconds left in the second. Nick Paul makes it five two. Ottawa scores three in the third, including Dodonov to tie, and then Dodonov wins in overtime for his fifth goal in five games. Um, wow. That was a very a wild game, and I remember watching the updates, and it was just like, how did Toronto lose there? But uh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, and then you wanted to touch on um, the hot start for Florida. We have we have a bunch of stuff here for them. Yeah, well, Florida's come out. To a surprising, I don't know. I think it's kind of a surprising for for how I well think they've it is done. Too. But uh, anyways, just some quick team stats. Uh, their goals for per game is ninth at three point three six. Goals against is thirteenth at three. Their PP is seventh at twenty nine percent, and their PK is twenty second at seventy six. So um, their rankings in other areas aren't like crazy or anything. Yeah, but, um, I th- no, I think there's been some good play um, from guys they brought in to start with. Um, Carter Ver- Verhe is that a Verhag? I don't know if it's Verhag or Verhagi. Yeah, Verhagi. Yeah, um, but he's yeah. So he's a guy they they brought. I don't know if it was a trade or a signing. They signed him. They signed him. So it was his second NHL season. Um, last season with Tampa Bay, he had. Uh, nine goals and four assists for 13 points. But this year, uh, before tonight's game, there's lots of scoring. I don't know if he got any points, but it was 14 games, uh, seven goals, five assists, 12 points. So, um, yeah. I yeah, think... and he really, I think he compliments Barkov well because he plays with him, right? And they, he kind of yeah. has that solid um, two-way four-checking kind of play. And uh, he, he actually led the AHL in goals and points uh, just a few years ago. So, I mean, he's got the talent, obviously, to play with those guys. I think it's just how he adapts his game to be to be like that forechecking player, probably. Yeah, definitely. So he's fit in nicely in that top six. And then uh, two other guys were Wenberg and Duclair. Um, and I kind of see these guys as two guys. They're trying to find their place, kind of find it, trying to find their spot with the team. But um, they've provided some secondary scoring um, with Wenberg with uh, before tonight's game. He has seven points, four goals in 14 games uh, with 17 minutes of time on ice. Um, so that's a guy that's trying to rebound kind of from his days in Columbus. But it seemed like he, he didn't get much opportunity after a bit there. Yeah, I don't I don't know if this is a great comparison or if how familiar you are with uh, Michael Froelich's career, but Froelich started in Florida, and he was like a 60-ish point guy too. And um, he ended up going, basically getting round out of town, going to Chicago, where he ended up revitalizing his career as like a checking PK guy. Right. Um, I was gonna say I thought there was kind of some parallels there, where I don't think Wenberg's quite in the checking PK arc of that career arc yet, but yeah. uh, I think like he brings that two-way element where you can kind of move him up and down your lineup. What about, sure. what about like a, uh, like a Kerfoot comparison kind of guy? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I haven't watched Weinberg play a lot, but could be kind of a comparison there. And yeah, then uh, anyways, uh, so Duclair is the other guy, um, one goal um, and seven points this season, but it looks like you updated here. He had a goal and an assist tonight. Yeah, yeah, and he's um, he's like he's electric, like with his speed. 
Yeah. So he's another guy. He's been on six teams and he's 25 years old. So he's been on a lot of teams too. Yeah. Kind of bounced around. But yeah, anyways, getting some um, new guys that they brought in and some, some depth scoring, it's, I'm sure has uh, been a factor towards their, their success early on. Yeah, kind of some buy low moves. I honestly, like, I, it kind of surprised me. I've been saying that I thought the Panthers would regress. And I know lots of people are thinking Huberto would regress, but I, I don't really see that. I think he's really driving that second line. And it seems like they're doing just as much of the scoring lately, five on five anyways, as Barkov's line. And uh, him, Wenberg, and Hornquist. Hornquist is another guy I guess we didn't talk about, but he's been... He's been hot almost a point a game, and he's he's a net front guy. He gets under the skin of other teams. I saw he had two goals tonight, actually. So, wow, yeah. he's another guy that's kind of just. I thought he'd be regressing, but he's. I mean, I think the yeah. way that Huberto passes, it's he's getting some pretty nice looks for sure. Definitely, yeah, that's been huge for them. Been able to break up that Barkov Huberto pairing and really balance out those first two lines. Yeah, so it looks like four minutes left in the game here. Flames probably making their final push. Let's still, still two oh, one. I think Edmonton's kind of. It's hard to watch and talk at the same time, kind of. But it's, it seems like Edmonton has got more of the shots and more of the play this period. But twenty four eighteen are the shots for Edmonton. Yeah. So yeah, getting a little more, a few more chance. Luch, I've seen, saw Lucic out there a lot tonight. I don't know. Yeah, buzzing. We want to go through the North Division. Sorry, and. um so starting with the Flames, I mean, we're watching them tonight. I was kind of expecting a bit of a better effort. I mean, I don't know. There was some rumblings about, um, like, I've seen some, like, Rhett Warner talking about how the room isn't good. I've seen the, or heard the Elliot Friedman piece on um, Kachuk maybe being unhappy that nobody stepped in on that Muzzin incident. I'm just right. wondering if it's all true or what it is, but I, I kind of was expecting a bit of a better effort, but they haven't been played bad by any means tonight. I don't know. No, it just seems kind of like a continuation from how they've been playing, like just kind of playing that good enough hockey to keep it close, but not really finishing them out. Finishing that's what them it, out games. That's what it seems like. Hey, they're just kind of, they're. it seems like they're just okay with being okay almost. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Oh, Smitty stopped that. And then, uh, and then we got the Oilers. It seems like they're getting more secondary scoring like we've already touched on. I, I mean, we, we talked about them a bit earlier. I don't think we have to get as much into the Oilers tonight. We have the Habs. Um, they have a week off after their come-from-behind win against the Leafs last Saturday, so they have a rematch tomorrow. So that'll be fun to watch. Um, Senators, they have Montreal and the Flames next. So... I think they've had some closer games lately, but they do need to work out that defensive consistency. They, like, I mean, just a quick look at their goalie stats, and it's hard to put any blame on the goalies when that's the kind of play that's happening in front of you. But they are getting tighter games anyways. Um, then we have the Leafs. They continue to score at a high clip, and I really like Jumbo on that top line. Um, Jumbo Joe, he's been really getting her done. Uh, he has actually, I'll touch a bit more on him and my players to watch. Um, and then Vancouver, um, they're defensively, they're still just giving up a lot of goals. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like it's almost like Calgary and Edmonton are kind of in our Calgary and Vancouver. Sorry. are kind of in that same spot right now. Yeah. They're in a bit of a lull for sure. Um, and then the jets, uh, did you have anything to add on the jets? Uh, 
they they look pretty good. Like their games against Edmonton recently, they they still look like the team that can roll the lines over and they play that big heavy game. Um, Morrissey has looked solid for them. Um, yeah, Dubois, I like him. Yeah. Dubois hasn't played since February 11th. He's been out with a lower body injury, um, but apparently he skated on Wednesday and they're not, but they're not rushing him back. So yeah, it'll be nice to see him get back into that lineup and see where he fits in. It will be because I, I think they kind of went back to like stacking up their lineup because Dubois is out now. So it's just like they right. d- didn't have quite enough of the top top guys they probably wanted to have um, to spread it out before. But yeah. uh, no, it, anyways, get, moving on to Ray's North Division power rankings. So I don't know if you took a look at them, but there's not much movement at all. I <laughs> like I like I I just want to say that I like him a lot. I think you nailed it this time. Um, the yeah, change I, you made I think was was fair. So yeah, it's a fair change, and I don't know. This game's not over yet, but looking like it could have been true. Um, yeah. yeah. So we got the top three stay the same: Leafs, Habs, Jets, and then uh, big switch here. Oilers bumped up from five. Finally, move on to four. Flames go down to five. Canucks and Senators stay at six and seven. So only one change in the whole thing. Interesting. Slow, yeah. Slow day for the rankings. Slow day for the rankings. Uh, um, and then we got uh, players to watch, incoming players to watch for fantasy. I got Brock McGinn here. Um, he's, he's more of a DFS play, kind of like a daily fantasy. He's got uh, six goals, three assists his last seven games. He's playing on that line with Ajo. He's gotten power play time. Um, like as an everyday player, he he plays up and down the lineup, but I like his fantasy outlook more so while he's on this top line. He looks good in that Carolina game, uh, or a few of those Carolina Carolina's been rolling, um, and he's been making some plays and being able to connect with Aho a bit. So he seems definitely. like he's he's not a big guy, but he seems like he's got a little little edge to his game as well as that skill to like actually finish those plays. So. And then we got Jumbo Joe. I touched on him earlier, playing with Marner and Matthews. Three games since returning from injury. He's got two goals and four assists. And uh, on my own count, I saw two disallowed goals on top of that. So, I mean, Joe's rolling right now. Hopefully he keeps it going. He's feeling youthful. Okay. Yeah. And then we actually have Pooley Arvey here. I think it's a nice DFS, well, Dynasty or um, redraft leagues because he's playing with McDavid and Nuge. Four goals his last six games. We'll make it five his last seven, I guess, in this one. And uh, as the Flames have an empty net. And then I got Dustin Brown, 56% owned. I really like Brown. Uh, Kopitar seems to have kind of gotten back to his old ways, and he's been on fire lately. And Brown actually has four goals and two assists in his last four games. So it's, it's nice to see a little 2010 wow. magic coming back. Yeah, Kopitar's had a great start, hey? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, 37% owned. Ride him in DFS right now. He he usually scores in bunches, I found, even when he was in Ottawa. Um, five goals, one assist his past five games. So that's another one. Uh, another one that I was more of a situation to monitor is Nils Hoglander for the Canucks. 11% owned. Um, he's He's a real hard worker, and he's got skill, but he hasn't really been finishing those chances uh, i think he's still getting used to the north american game as a rookie but uh he's still like up near the top of rookie scoring although he has played a lot more games than guys like Kap- kiprizov 
And um, anyways, Hoglander, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on for Dynasty Leagues anyways. And then as uh, the Flames have their time out here to go over in the last-minute drill, um, we got the betting picks. So on the season, I'm 5-4. And, four, and uh, here I got Saturday, a little weekend parlay. New Jersey uh, at Buff- or versus Buffalo. New Jersey seems like they haven't really missed a beat, even with their long pause. Um, Buffalo's on a four-game losing skid. I-, I like New Jersey here. Florida at Detroit. Florida's been hot. They beat them, I think it was 7-2 or 7-3 tonight. Uh, Columbus at Nashville. Nashville struggled out of the gate. Um, Jackets won the first game on Thursday, 3-0 against Nashville. Then I got Monday, Toronto at Calgary. Toronto over Calgary. Um, Flames have been struggling, and the Leafs have been surging quite a bit, so I think I like taking the Leafs there. Tuesday, I got Montreal over Ottawa. That's the second game after uh, against the Sens after a day off. So I like the Habs there. And then my lock of the week, New Jersey over Buffalo money line. Uh, lock of the week on Tuesday. Buffalo on back-to-back. So they play the Islanders on Monday. Devils resting. I like the Devils. We'll oh, see. Yeah. Is Buffalo struggling back-to-backs this year? I don't know, but they're struggling all around, so I'll I'll take my take Thanks, my chances. Um, and then games to watch. We got the Lake Tahoe games are this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at one, both. Um, Vegas at Colorado on Saturday, and Philly at Boston on Sunday. As the that Oilers, back- oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say the backdrop at that Tahoe game. I think you made a note in there. It looks gorgeous out there. Yeah, I'm excited. I heard there's gonna be a lot of drone work, so. Oh, could be seeing some pretty sweet, uh, serene pictures, I guess. Maybe some videos even cutting edge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Saturday we have uh, Toronto Montreal rematch again. Um, Saturday night, this rematch battle of Alberta as Edmonton actually closes this one out two to one. Um, I, I think this game Saturday is going to be a little sloppier than the one tonight. I think, uh, they've kind of poked at each other a bit and now they're ready to dig in. Well, I hope the Chuck gets fired up and stirs the pot. I think that's exactly what the Flames need. So, yeah, hopefully no, I agree with that. <laughs> and then Monday, another big game: Tampa at Carolina. Um, two two contenders in the Central that haven't played a ton of games, but I really like both those teams. Next episode's game of the week we have on February twenty fifth: Boston at the New York Islanders. That's at uh, five o'clock Mountain Time. So. Uh, if you want to send me in some fancy questions or lineup decisions before then, uh, I think that's it for the episode. So we can have our uh, little closing remarks here. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Catch you next week. Yeah. Thanks guys.